Welcome to Making Movies is Hard. I'm Timothy Plain. I'm Alark Bissell. We're filmmakers with experience as producers, writers, and directors on both films and commercials. Between us, our movies have played at over 30 film festivals, received hundreds of thousands of views online, and we've raised more than $100,000 on Kickstarter. Every Monday, we sit down to a candid conversation about the struggle of pursuing a career in film. And here we are for another week of filmmaking talk. I'm dying wow. to hear how your pitch ses- sessions went. So <laughs> I know we had it as like a, a topic later on in the outline, but I just want to hear about it now. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'm dying to hear what people thought of this new intro. Um, <laughs> it's just I, my, my goal with the intro is like, we the episode one was so long ago now, you know? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's true. We're on episode 81. So it's right. like we're we're coming up on two years of podcast, and I just know that some people are tuning in that have never heard us before, and I just don't feel like our intro is really like laying the groundwork about like who we are and what our experiences is. So at least people just understand us a little bit. But yeah, if you're like listening to us for the first time, you should go back and listen to episode one where we talk about why we're doing this podcast. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does uh, Craig Mazin and John August, do they have to, like, you know, identify what they're doing every week? I guess they're, we can't really compare ourselves to them. They're famous, <laughs> and we're not. Right. Um, but, they, you know, their intro is super um, tight. It's even tighter than our old intro was, I think. It's like, and, this uh, is a podcast for things that screenwriters care about or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's right? like a, a podcast for screenwriters about things that are interesting to screenwriters or something. Something like that. Yeah. I can't even say it. I've listened to like every episode. I can't even say the damn intro. That's pretty stupid. Um, anyways. Um, this this is like another one of those podcasts where it's more about like our filmmaking careers than like we choose a topic every week and talk about it. I think we're just, this isn't just another week where we're going to be talking about things that are happening right now. So I thought that kind of intro is probably more goes more along with that than our old one. Like we'll, we'll probably bounce true. back and forth. I don't think this is like the intro that's going to rule them all. But right, well, we say. It, I mean, I know I say it different every time, anyways. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> right. Sometimes I just read it exactly as is. But yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Um, anyways, pitch sessions. So you want to go right into the pitch? Yeah. Sessions. So you went. You did a bunch of pitch sessions over the, the past. It's been two weeks since we talked about it. And um, I want to hear how it went. Like you, you talked to these people. You, you had eight minutes with with each person. How did the first one go compared to the how? How did the last one go? Did you get any bites? Are you going to Hollywood now? Are you, you famous? <laughs> yeah, am I famous? Um, <laughs> when this podcast airs, I, I will be. No, um, yeah. So the first one was um, I was really nervous. Um, and I, you know, basically was a little hungover even then. It was like 11.50 and I had had, you know, a big night of partying the, the night before. So, I was sort of like finally kind of gotten back to normal. What were you celebrating? Um, oh, it was just poker night. <laughs> nothing, oh. nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and um, you had sent me the, the episode to the podcast um, you know, where I had done my pitch. So I listened to that like 20 minutes before I, I pitched. Um, and mm-hmm. I listened to your feedback on it. And then I kind of, you know, I, I had been running a running, um, a lot. So I had ran like the day before that and I had been like saying it out loud while I was running, you know, and sort of like kind of practicing. I practiced in my office once. Yeah. The day that we recorded that podcast where you pitched to me, didn't you also meet with the producer that day and, and pitched to I him did. Yeah, I did. I also, yeah, that day. I, so I pitched it twice that day and the pitch to the producer was like a little bit less formal. Um, I, I kind of gave her this. So she was like, pitch me, just pitch me. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. okay. Ah. And so I just did it, you know, and um, yeah. it was probably not as solid. It was longer, I think, too, than the pitch I had given you, maybe, um, since we were in a more informal setting, you right. know? So, um, but yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Like, um, I think it, it, it's funny because, like, I was just pitching it and it went really well. Like, the first one, he was like, oh, cool. Whoa. Awesome. So it's kind of like a mindfuck movie, huh? Oh, interesting. Oh, sweet. Well, and then like at the end of the call, he's like, I'm going to request this. Thanks so much. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I just like ace this shit. Nailed you know? it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and then the next one, she was kind of like just bop, 
just like face like i could like not read anything i there's a couple moments where she was like whoa what? but like you know not really much it was like kind of just nothing you know mm-hmm. and then the next one she like questioned the uh the the story a lot and like questioned why things are happening, how the portal worked. And I was like, I didn't expect people to like care about how the portal worked. But like, you know, it turned out a couple of people really cared about like why the portal was there and, you know, what it was there for, you know, like those right. th- things. Um, and then I always had my answer because like I, I took it from string theory. Are you familiar with string theory at all? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the idea that there's like, you know, an infinite amount of, um, like, other dimensions all around us, but they're so small that we can't access them or see them, you know, mm-hmm. like they're like micro, micro, microscopic, like, you know, to infinity basically. And so, um, I was just like, the whole idea is basically like, what if one of those popped out of into our, our existence, into our plane for like a minute and you're able to capture it and then expand it and blow it up and then actually enter it or access it. So yeah. that's sort of like that. Seem to. I don't know. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure you had an explanation. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, another guy questioned the character, um, the protagonist switch, and like, if, like, why would anyone care about this, like, this character? You know, like, there's no, there's no redemption, there's no growth, you know? And I gave him my answer that I have for that, you know, how it's like kind of, like, I'm sort of faking growth in a way because you have Jake who's like on the decline and then all Jake who, you know, we learn is, is good later, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of like fit, forces your arc, you know? Um, and he didn't seem to care about that at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He said like, good job, whatever, you know, but then, um, I, I got, that was one of the ones I've only gotten feedback from four people so far. So I've done eight. And I've only gotten feedback from four. And what does the so feedback look like? It's completely split. Um, but I mean, do they they send like a write-up after the call? So I got one write-up um, and I've gotten three where it was just pass or request. And so I think the... Um, just that word, pass or request. Well, it's like a small sentence with it, like a really, like a, like a, like a two sentences or one long sentence kind of describing why they, they chose what they chose, you know? Yeah. So Can I hear I, some of these? Sure. Let, let me pull them up here. Um, do you want to hear? I'll just send them in the order that I got them. Yeah. So that you can, um, you can just, you know, experience my, um, what I experienced <laughs> from elation to depression. Um, it's kind of a, it's, it's really emotional, this whole thing. Um, really, it's kind of like, whoa. And you sort of feel like, like you don't really know what to think necessarily. Um, so it just says, here's your report. Um, see the attached document for, for how to pr- proceed. And it just says, um, sample. So I guess that's a request. I don't know. And that's what it just says sample. And then it says comments. <laughs> All work is a very good picture. His story is very complex. Yeah. He walked me through it very concisely. Not sure if this piece is high concept enough, but I would love to take a look at a sample. So that was like my first like positive feedback. So mm-hmm. I was sort of like, Wow. So he said he was going to request it and he actually did. Whoa. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, here's my next one. Um, it says, all right, Priscilla, alternate comments. I feel that the point of the view shift would make it difficult to get, difficult to get emotionally invested in the story. Pass. <laughs> that's the second one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. completely different. Like, you know, exact opposite even. Um, and then I think now, now, now I want to, so now I have to switch to the other because I'm doing on two different programs. Um, right. So let's skip to the other guy here. And this is the third one. I got this yesterday at like noon and I like shat my pants basically. Um, it, and then, and it just says in the subject requested and then the list the company that requested it. And then it gives you a bunch of like, you know, like rules of like how to do it. Like, and like, once you submit your script, you can't like switch your script. Like you have this many hours <laughs> to respond. You, it'll take this long to get feedback, blah, blah, blah. After you read this message, it will self-destruct in 20 seconds. Right. And then they give me, so I actually have a scorecard for this one. 
So this, oh, wow. it, this is kind of more interesting and this is more encouraging too, because it less, um, you know, uh, these different like, like grades that you can get a one to five. So one being the poorest and five being the best. Okay. So you get pitch delivery format, clarity of pitch, set up protagonists and world ob- obstacles and conflict, clarity of tone, originality of concept, strength of voice. Oh, wow. That's actually a really good sheet just to have. Yeah. Right. Like if you can nail all those things in a pitch, that's kind of what people are looking for. So what do you think I would score on these? Um, okay, so give me each one. Pitch delivery format. Actually, you know what? Because I have an unfair advantage. So I I listened to your pitch. You sent it to me yesterday. Right. An MP3 of it, which was like really cool to hear how it went from the time you pitched it to me two weeks ago to where you ended up. Was that your last pitch that I heard? Um, That was my second to last pitch. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it came a long way. I thought it, it sounded really good. Do we want to play that really quick before we go sure. through this? Yeah, okay. that actually would make more sense. It's funny. This isn't the person, the, the, the score I'm giving isn't for this exact pitch that your people are going to hear, but, um, you know, it's, uh, close. Yeah. Enough. It's probably close enough. Um, okay. do you, do you actually want to play it for us to listen to it or do you want to just, oh yeah, that's like, right. You haven't heard it. Yeah. Let I me play it. Okay. I think I can do that. So I'm pitching, uh, my film, the alternate, um, it's a self-contained sci-fi thriller. Um, like the best com- comparison I can think of is like a fatal attraction meets being John Malkovich kind of. Um, yeah. And, uh, just a little background on me first. Uh, I'm a filmmaker from Oakland, California. I've made uh, four short films so far and I've got, had them played in over 20 film festivals around the world. And I've got about 150,000 views online so far. Um, yeah. So, uh, the alternate, it's about a struggling filmmaker, Jake, he uh, discovers a portal into another dimension in which he has everything he's always wanted, the perfect version of his wife, the perfect film career, and um, the son he never had. Uh, when he sees that the other version of himself is cheating on the perfect version of his wife, he decides to steal the good life for himself. So that's like the loose log line. Um, and we start with Jake. He's uh, a filmmaker. Um, he does like stupid corporate video jobs to pay the bills, but... Um, his wife, Chris, is basically the breadwinner of the two of them. She has a, a, a nine-to-five job. She's uh, you know, basically paying all the bills while he tries to figure out his film career. And it's, it hasn't really worked out for, for him. He's been trying for a few years, and nothing's really happened, um, which has like, caused them some resentment between them. And like it's kind of the reason why they haven't started a family yet, because he's just been trying to make this thing happen, and nothing has gone through. Um, so when he discovers this portal to this other universe... He, he goes through it and then he just sees this world where like everything that has ever happened in his life has basically gone perfectly. Like, you know, he made the movie that he wanted to make years ago and it worked really well. And like, you know, now he has the film career that he's always wanted. His wife is doing her own thing, has her own career and is like, you know, happy and flourishing. And then, you know, they have a son that they never had. And so he just sees this, like, imagine like all the things that he wants are there, right there for him. Um, and so he starts to spend time in this world and he sees that the other version of himself is like a workaholic, doesn't really pay attention to his son very much. And is like, he thinks cheating on the, uh, on Chris, on the alternate Chris. Um, so he starts to villainize himself in this way and think, Oh, he, this guy doesn't deserve this life that I really, I've worked so hard for. I really deserve this. This should be mine. And so he shows Chris, his wife, his actual wife, the portal and the other world, they go through it together. And she basically thinks like, this is insane. This is crazy. Like you have no idea what's going on here. Like you got to take this to some professional, some scientist, somebody who can actually figure this out. And Jake's whole motive is like, I want to profit off of this some way. Like this is my discovery. This is mine. This is, this wouldn't exist if it wasn't for me finding it. So I need to, need to, you know, um, profit off of it. And so he starts to go back and forth more and more like, trying to like experiment with it but then what happens is he starts to take the place of his other self and starts to spend time with the perfect version of his wife and then he falls in love with her eventually he has sex with her like in the guise of the alternate jake so it's kind of a, a mind fuck kind of movie because like you think one jake is one jake and the other jake is the other jake and they kind of like you know he like slips in and out in between the other the other J- and like alt chris has no idea what's going on the whole time so basically his real wife chris discovers that he slept with the other version of her 
And so she leaves him, which basically allows him to like just spend more and more time in this other universe. And then when Alt-Jake is on a road trip or an away job for a couple weeks, he basically slips in and starts to impersonate Alt-Jake for a longer period of time. And then when Alt-Jake is going to come back, he springs a trap for him, you know, thinking that this guy doesn't deserve this life anyway, that he's like a total piece of shit. And then tries to push him through back into the other universe, to his like shitty world, basically. Um, so this is the part of the movie that I think is the most exciting. Because basically at this point, you know, there's this big scene where the two Jakes meet for the first time. And then we start to realize that all these things that Jake thinks about Alt-Jake aren't necessarily true. Like he's not cheating on, um, you know, his wife. He's not a bad father. It's just like what Jake want, wants to see about himself. And so in this altercation, Jake ends up um, hitting Alt-Jake over the head and knocking him out. And he thinks he's killed him because there's like just a lot of blood everywhere, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he throws the body through the portal. And then at that point, he just thinks, oh, it's good. Like, I got this. This is my world now. I, I, you know, whatever. And so at that point, we switch perspectives to alternate Jake who wakes up on the floor of this other universe, of this like shitty version of his office, and then he has to figure out how to get back to his world, back to, um, you know, to save his family from this now evil version of himself. And so he tracks down Chris, who's now taken the portal to a scientist who's actually trying to figure out what it all means and what it is, and then they put all the pieces together, because, I mean, you know, Alt-Jake has no idea what's going on. Like, he just basically wakes up in this strange place and he has to figure out what's happened. So... By tracking Chris down, they put the pieces together, and then he goes back and, uh, you know, takes the life back from his other self, and it ends up basically winning, but at the same time, you know, his wife and his son see the two versions of, of themselves together, and then watch as Jake basically dies, the original Jake, the evil Jake, dies in front of them. And so that's kind of like the ending. It's very, like, Cronenberg-esque, very, uh, very dark and intense, but, you know, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so that's, that's sort of the story. Um, do you have any questions about it? Wow. <laughs> I, I like that I said, like, Cronenberg-esque, you know? Yeah, I mean, what do you say? Fatal Attraction meets uh, John, being John Malkovich. <laughs> right. I, I, I had just made that up on the spot, and I think, but I think that is a really good, pretty funny. um, comp comparison. I think it's better... Better than the comparison I was using before, which was like, oh, it's very similar in tone to da to Ex Machina. Yeah, that was know? confusing. I, I felt like when I heard this for the first time, being John Malkovich meets Fatal Attraction is like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that kind of captures the feeling of your movie. And also, yeah. I think it helps because like being John Malkovich, they never really explain how that portal works. And it's like, it's kind of secondary to the movie. Oh, I guess at the end, they kind of like go through like, why it exists in the in the universe but it's not really the primary structure of the movie is not to explain the portal it's more about like how the portal changes these people's lives and so right. i think that's it's very similar in that respect yeah totally i mean i was told a long time ago not to ever compare my movie to being john malkovich because yeah. being john malkovich is like a art house film or whatever right um but i think like saying fatal attraction meets being john malkovich is kind of okay because fatal attraction was like a big blockbuster money maker you know it's a famous movie so i don't know i mean yeah i don't know how that works i just feel like maybe i don't give, give a shit about that because um if it if it gives you a clear idea of what the movie is um or at least gets your your mind frame into like the tone that is similar to what i'm trying to to do that's probably more important than whether or not you feel like you know you want to associate my movie with being john malkovich because obviously <laughs> my movie is not going to be like being john malkovich there's no movie that's going to be like being john that's a very right. special movie you know yeah i mean yeah. and that was kind of like what the guy was saying because i i i compared it to uh, ex machina to one of the people i pitched to and uh, he basically told me like don't do that he was like that movie is like one extremely successful you mm -hmm. know it, it, he said it's kind of like comparing your company to apple like saying that you're going to be as successful as I'm going to be the Apple. next Apple. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, be the, the next Facebook. I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs. He was like, he basically told me a story about a friend of his who was pitching him, uh, his company and who's, who said something like that. And he was like, don't ever do that. And he's like, 
just the same. Like, don't p- compare your movie mm-hmm. to a movie that's like a complete outlier and a complete like special movie. You know, yeah. so like, I don't I'm going to be the next Quentin Tarantino, and what I have to pitch for you today is Reservoir Dogs. Right. And my background of a filmmaker isn't the same as the guy who made Ex Machina either. Like he was a Hollywood screenwriter for, for 10, 15 years before he made that movie. And that's his first movie, you know? So it's just a different type of thing. Um, but I think being John Malkovich and, and Fatal Attraction, that's a pretty good comparison to, to throw in there. Just cause it's a, yeah. cause those meet, people love that. Like, it's like, you know, being John Malkovich meets Fatal Attraction or whatever. It's like that that kind of thing. People seem to like that. Well, um, if you just said it's like being John Malkovich, I don't think that I would like that comparison. But because you mix it with Fatal Attraction, then I, I do like it better. Yeah. Or yeah. it's like if Fatal Attraction, um, instead of it being an, a jealous woman, it was yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I like the changes that you made to your pitch since I first heard it a few weeks ago are really good. And I, I like that it sounds much more like you just walked out of the theater and are telling me about it. I like there's like a few sections in there that stand out to me. Like one is um, where, you, where you call the alt Jake like just a piece of shit. Like, you know, he thinks he's like a piece of shit. And I yeah. love that. Or you're like, <laughs> you're also talking, what was it? Um, oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, it's, you know, if this movie's kind of like a mind fuck. Yeah. See, th- those, those, both those things are not part of my normal pitch. Those aren't like, I mean, I'm not saying I rehearsed it. I, I basically have it written out and I kind of, mm-hmm. the, the only time I really ever glance at my sheet is for the log line, just because I always seem to like <laughs> get like a little messed up on like when I'm trying to get started and, and go into the log line. But then when I get to telling the story, like I'm usually okay. Sometimes I, tell things out of order a little bit like oh like oh i forgot to mention that and then i go back you know or or something which i think hurts hurts when i do that it's better to tell it linear because um i think oh i forgot this thing yeah i think that always hurts um (laughs) when that happens um and then uh and then yeah and then you know it's it's just really interesting because like each time it's a little bit different but like usually i think that's a pretty good representation of how it goes most of the time you know and like i'll usually throw in little you know, off the cuff remarks about what I think of these characters, uh, as I go, you know, um, but I think that was probably one of the ones that was the most fluid, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that was the second one that day. And the first one, I didn't think it had gone that badly, but I just got the, the review in yesterday for that one, the one I did before this one. And I got like the worst, uh, feedback out of anybody <laughs> uh-huh. on that one. Um, but uh, do you want to read? Do you want me to read through this? Let's go through that uh, score sheet, yeah, and I'll, I'll rate you on a scale of one to five. Okay, so pitch delivery and format. What do you think? Um, I would give you a three and a half. All right. Do you want to know what that what I got? Yeah, four. Nice. Yeah. So clarity of pitch. Uh, four. Four. Yeah. Um, setup of protagonists and world. Five. Four. <laughs> I think you did really good on that. I was uh, really proud of the way that you set that up. Oh, thanks, man. Um, obstacles and conflict. Um, three and a half. Three on that one. Um, clarity of tone. Four. Four. Originality of concept. Three and a half. Four. And uh, strength of voice. Three and a half. Four. So, nice. yeah. That's pretty good, that's dude. That's a pretty strong card. I mean, it was like, whoa, Jesus. I'm like, yeah. N-. But, I mean, it would have been nice to get some fives in there. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to be mad with, with mostly fours and one three. Like, that's a pretty good... Um, I think that's really good. Yeah, like, my, my whole thing with your pitch is... It's definitely like better than average, and there's some places where I feel like you excelled. So I think you did a really good job. And my only critique to you, and I wrote this in the email, was don't say basically as much right, as you do. Right. <laughs> I sure as hell say basically a lot, don't I? That's like oh my my, my throwback yeah. word. And basically, um, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. And then basically, he kills himself. <laughs> um. <laughs> and then I hated the way you ended the pitch too. Well, that's sort of the story. Do you have any questions? It's like sort of the story. Why? Why would you say that? You should just be like that. And so that's the story. Any that's questions? the story. 
Yeah, I say yeah. that. I sometimes I say that's the story in a nutshell. I say that sometimes. <laughs> Maybe that makes me sound too country bumpkin. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about like trying to say like there's so much more that you're not getting man but you know that's that's as much as i have time for yeah um, well that's basically true though i mean I believe that's true with any pitch or really. maybe there's a better way to say it. it's like man there's so much more i'd love to tell you about it but we're out of time um but yeah that's the story do you have any questions or yeah do you want to um uh hear her written feedback yeah let's hear it i actually i don't know for a fact i think this is a, a woman giving me this feedback i i'm pretty sure i tracked it down to the one of the people I think it is. Um, but anyways, it, it, yeah, this is one of the people who I thought didn't, um, di- we either didn't like it or, mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit like, I, I, I really couldn't tell at all what they thought. Like I was like, compl- I walked away from one of these, this pitch, like thinking I have no idea what their reaction is going to be basically. Um, so it's sort of interesting to like be to to have that kind of like I have no idea sort of um <laughs> right. mentality and then it, for it to be so well such a positive response it's sort of crazy um so overall this was a clear pitch with an intri- intriguing concept I questioned some logics however if original Jake slips in and, and uh, takes the place of all Jake when he's away on business how does this not raise alarm bells in all Jake's world wouldn't it be obvious something was wrong to the alt uh, characters when alt Chris mentions some, seeing him the day before and alt Jake is like I've been away for a week what are you saying finally my biggest question what is the fallout with the original Chris um, her original husband left her for the alt universe she left him in her universe the alt Jake showed up but left her son oh, left her too and now her original husband is dead this all seems like it would be pretty devastating. The emotions and uh, conundrums of the characters are what makes this story fascinating. So I think it would be so um, be an oversight to leave original Chris out of the story, even if it's something as small as a black comedic coda at the end. Finally, I think having a more emphasis placed on the mechanics of the portal would be um, important. The three second delay is fine, but there should be at least one um, scene in the script uh, that related to Jake trying to si- trying to scientific method out the logics of the portal, so that when he dies in the end, it feels in line with the established rule of the world. So that was interesting. So in this one, I actually told her how the how he dies that the portal cuts him in half. Yeah, and I, and I left that out uh, after those first few pitches because I felt like a that freaked people out when I <laughs> described how brutal the death was. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I better not alienate. Or like, that's why you said basically he dies. Yeah, exactly. Because I didn't want to like be so up and you know you know. But then I guess. I don't know. This is one of the people that I explained it in graphic detail exactly what happens. <laughs> right. and, then, yeah. and so she seemed to be into it. So maybe but I did should you go explain back. the whole like finding the pixel and the video footage and blowing um, it up and finding yeah, the portal? Yeah, because she, she asked, I think. This is the one who asked. So I, I kind of explained that he founds a, finds a glitch and expands upon it. Um, and then projects the portal and then that's how you go in and out. And then it, it, it turns off after you pass through so you can look through and it won't, it won't, um, disappear. But if you pass through, it'll disappear and it cuts things. It, it'll sever whatever in between it when it closes. Yeah. And, and I kind of talked about how I have a scene foreshadowing that and the, maybe I left that part out. I don't know. It sounds um, like you did. Cause yeah, the, a lot of the what she's saying, I feel like you did in the script. Yeah, but just funny. It's like how how can you talk about everything that's in the script in eight minutes? Otherwise, you can't. it'd be an eight minute short. No, you can't. So. It's impossible. Um, but I mean, that's why like reading her feedback is encouraging because when she actually does read the script, I think she's going to be pleasantly surprised because a lot of the things that she asks questions about, I think I answer in the script yeah. pretty did pretty she request well. It? She did. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, this was a request. Oh, okay. Um, so, so this, this is number is, four. This is number three. So number I three. have one What's more. Number four. Number four. <laughs> so this, I got this one yesterday morning and then I got this fourth one, um, in the afternoon, like when I was kind of riding high off of getting that <laughs> one. And I was like, I'm best. I'm the shit. No one can t- deal with me, blah, blah, blah. And then I got this one. <laughs> Pass. 
All exclamation point, pass exclamation point. All bold, um, you know, 100 font, 100 like point font. Um, yeah. No, the pitch was a bit hard to follow and a bit all over the place. The concept doesn't feel high concept enough or unique enough. I'm not sure who exactly the audience for something like this would be, unfortunately. Boom. Like Boom. the Ouch. worst. <laughs> and Ouch. this is the guy who I thought would like it the most based off mm. of um his his bio and the movies he's, he's interested in i was like this is a guy who's gonna really love this because i think in his thing he even said he wants a self-contained sci-fi movie yeah you know low budget under a million i was like this is my guy this guy is my guy and uh and yeah he hated it and i don't know if it was because my pitch was poor he was one of the ones where i went out of order so i had to go back i had like like oh i forgot to mention that and then i went back so maybe that hurt me um yeah. i don't think he was he didn't necessarily seem into it from the beginning either so <laughs> i don't know um but uh but yeah this is the second person who said is not high concept enough right i was going to point that out like that's the second high concept we've heard and I'm guessing that if he's looking for high concept, I could see why this wouldn't be the script for him. Because, right. like, to me, high concepts usually denote, like, you hear that one line pitch and you can imagine so many things happening in the movie. Right. Yours, yours is much more like a drama with sci fi elements than it is like a high concept action thriller or anything right. like that. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of question that because it's like, you know, the the pitch is a little long but it's like basically like you know what would you do if you could if you could have everything you ever wanted and yeah but and, that's so based on the characters and where they are in their lives right. right which is why to me i think your story is very dramatic in that the characters are very important to making that story work whereas um a, a true high concept idea the characters are almost secondary to like this this premise like if yeah. aliens like Let's take Arrival. I feel like that's a very high concept premise. If aliens came to Earth and we didn't speak their language, language, how would we communicate with them? Like, we could throw any characters into that situation and that movie would work. You know, it right. doesn't rely on like specific characters dealing with that. Just like the idea of like communicating with aliens is high concept enough that you're like, wow, like I'd love to see like how that plays out. Yeah, but okay, so here's an example. So District mm -hmm. 9, like, what if aliens landed on Earth years ago, and then they became quarantined and were like, you know, um, you know, had their own alien slum on Earth or whatever. Right. Like, but, but the reason why that movie is good isn't because of that concept. It's because of the character journey of the main character and how he be, like becomes an alien or whatever. But we don't you know, know if that movie is what this guy's interested in. That's not yeah. self-located. Right. A, a, what is that? Self-contained sci-fi thriller well, yeah sci -fi movie. A, i guess it's a low budget sci-fi but i mean i don't know anyways i mean i i struggle with this whole co high concept thing because i kind of think it's stupid i mean in a lot of ways i think uh. i i think part of it makes a lot of sense like yeah sure like you want a movie that you can easily understand and easily describe to somebody you know i think it's also something that you can easily sell to people like you want to be able to like give them that one line premise and they're like oh shit that sounds awesome i want to see it like the longer you have to explain it the right. harder it is to sell so i think that's probably where that usually comes from i'm guessing you know right but yeah, yeah. i wouldn't worry about that i don't think anyone should worry about whether or not their idea is high concept enough just go after the idea that you like yeah, but I mean, you know, these I've heard it twice in feedback, but then people also said that it, to me in pitches too. Were like, oh, yeah. I don't really feel like this is very high as a high concept idea or whatever. You know, it's like, do you need it to be high concept? Like, why didn't it just be a good ass movie? How about that? Well, you know, you know different people are going to have different <laughs> markets that they feel like they can tap into. So, like for those people, they need the a, a concept that's more high yeah i guess <laughs> a so. more high concept than what yeah. you have and what, that's what? not a knock against your movie that's just what they're looking for it's like you could say the same thing about being john malkovich you know right. or adaptation or any of spike jones's movies does that mean his movies are bad no it just means that he's not making movies that are high concept one-liners that a studio can sell quickly and that's fine like you don't have to worry about that like it just some people are in different markets and they want different things and ev everyone likes different movies right like right. There's, you put a hundred people in a room they're not all gonna, gonna agree that 
any movie is the best movie ever made. Right. So like like take Crank for instance. Like what is that? Is that's like if a man <laughs> if a hitman slows down, his heart will explode. Or if his hit if a hitman stops running, his heart will explode or something. Well, it's it's speed, right? It's the movie speed, but instead of a bus that has to stay above 50 miles an hour it's a person whose heart has to stay at a certain beat per minute so he's doing drugs and he's fighting to make sure his heart doesn't fall below 120 beats per minute or something yeah exactly yeah i don't know i mean yeah i guess I'm, i'm just wondering if like any of my ideas would be considered high concept enough you know it's like i have that movie no i don't think so (laughs) <laughs> like uh like my strange thing like the 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 actual strange thing feature that i that i wrote half of and i have a big outline for it's basically like you know what if uh two sisters uh had to fend off an alien an alien invasion or something or like mm-hmm. fend off an alien threat or something like uh a Again, pot smoker all depends on the characters yeah so i don't know give me one give me one that's high concept enough that like you don't need it doesn't matter like is it like uh like attack the block did you see that movie uh-huh like uh a, a gang of 13 of teenage street punks have to fend off an alien invasion is, that's basically that movie right i mean is that would that be considered high concept or is that not high is that also just not really that high concept um i think what makes that movie interesting is it's an alien invasion movie that takes place in a poor black neighborhood mm-hmm. right the block is like right what british slang for kind of like what we'd call the ghetto or right. the projects right yeah so i think yeah. that's that that's the twist on it that's and the that, part that's interesting yeah, that should be the part that's interesting enough that people will be like oh shit i've never seen a movie like that that sounds cool right 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 yeah all right well yeah I guess it doesn't. Really, I guess it's probably something I shouldn't really worry about too much. I should just worry about trying to tell a good story, um, and not really about whatever. You yeah, know. I think so. I can't. I don't know how it helps you to try to think of your story or try to break your story in a, in a high concept way. Right, right. I don't know. Maybe that's how people get movies made. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I, I know we have to move on to our next topic, but I just wanted to say just a little bit more about this whole pitching thing. And like, it, it really is like an emotional roller coaster. And um, it's it's tough, man. Like, it's really tough to like pitch your idea to people over and over again and not really know what they think of it. And then like mm-hmm. have people react to it in a way that maybe isn't that positive and you're just like what am i doing like i'm just <laughs> i'm just pitching this thing like this is this is stupid like w- one of the guys that i talked to um he talked to me for 20 minutes like he he didn't have anything else to do so like he just we just stayed on the line and we just talked for a while and he was the one who told me not to um uh use ex machina as as a comparison um but uh it was really interesting talking to him cuz he was just like giving me all these ideas and like just kind of talking to me about like what he, you know, what he looks for and how his world works and something. And he was like interested in the movie. And, and it was funny because like he gave me some ideas of like, oh, you could try doing it this way. Have you ever thought about doing like, have you ever thought about Jake not being a filmmaker? Like, you know, what if he was something else? And I was like, well, I mean, he could be anything. It doesn't really matter. I just wrote about that because that's what what's authentic to me, you know, so it's something I could easily write about, you know. And I was like, well, he could be like a painter or a photographer. And then as soon as I said that, he's like, well, don't, you don't have to change it. Don't change it. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, and uh, it was sort of like, I don't want to be a dick, but it was, it's kind of like that executive speech, you know, where it was like, you know, not committing to any one idea because like, what if that idea is wrong? So, you know, <laughs> I don't want like, to be the guy that told him to change it to a painter. And then the painter just like, is yeah, the reason that this movie failed. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but it was an interesting conversation, but I got off that call. And I'm like, like, why am I paying $30 to, to pitch to these people who, you know, in all reality, like, even if they request a script, are they really going to like, want me to come meet them in LA or whatever? Cause I was like, he was like, Oh, are you in LA? Like, like I, I told him I was looking for an actor for it. And he's like, Oh, who, Oh, do you have a producer? I'm like, no. He's like, well, this isn't really for me, but like, are you, are you in LA? I'm like, no, I, but I, I mean, I look like I could be in LA like tomorrow. And he's like, okay. And then, you know, it's like, as soon as they hear that, it's like, they don't, they don't, I mean, if I was in LA, he probably would have had coffee with me. I'd imagine, right? right? Maybe but you should like, have said, yeah, I'm in LA. Just lie. I, but I, yeah. but I can't. It's part of my pitch is that I'm in Oakland, California. <laughs> well, he forgot already. 
Uh huh. Yeah, I guess so. That's um, interesting. But I don't know. Well, I would just, you do it again? Uh, I guess at this point, I think um, you know. S- since in a lot of ways, I've already achieved the goal. Right, the goal is to get requested. So. Um, you know, if you look at any, any of the, the metrics of this thing, the basically the most that you can help hope for out of this pitch is to get requested. I think like you can't really be expecting anything else to happen outside of that. So now that I've gotten requested, it's like, okay, well, I have to see where these requests go. Like, I don't think I could really justify, um, you know, buying more pitches until I really know what the result of these ones are, you know, um, so I think I have to just wait and hear back from these people before I, I really jump into more. But I mean, it's going to be hard. Like, I'll, I'm going to keep on looking at the pitches and everything. And then if somebody who seems perfect pops up, like somebody from a company that I want to work with or somebody who is interested in, interested in the type of movies I'm trying to make. If, if like somebody's like under a million dollar sci-fi, you know, like thriller, like I'll, I would have to you know, I'd have to do it. And it's only 25 or 30 bucks, depending on what site you use. So it's so cheap to do. It's like, well, would I rather spent that on a night of drinking or should I have, you know, pitched to somebody for eight minutes? It's like, oh, I probably should just do the pitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of, it's sort of hard. Like I say, on one, on one hand, like I should wait and see what happens. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, it's really tempting to just keep on doing it if to the right person. Oh, you're addicted. But it's, it has to be the right person. Like it can't right. just be anybody, if it, but it has to be like, if it's somebody who seems like they would be a real good fit, might as well, right? Like, just see what happens. Um, and I do feel like, like the other thing I said before doing this is like, oh, well, well, you know, maybe I'll just do it and, uh, it'll be like, I'll get better at talking about the movie and get, get better about, you get, get better at pitching the movie. And I think I am better at it now, you know, after doing eight of them. So, and, and it's, it's funny. It's like a constant, like, it's constantly testing you. Like, you know, like if you have to pitch to people for eight minutes, you have to do it over and over and over again. It's sort of like, do you really love this movie? Like, do you really want to make this? Like, are you really committed <laughs> yeah, that's to like, great. Uh-huh. like sitting down with like, you know, or trying to reach out to Anthony Mackie's manager and try to convince them to like, like the movie. Like if you can't convince some person over Skype who you're paying to pitch to that your movie is amazing, how are you going to convince anybody else that your movie is amazing? Mm-hmm. So like when I was kind of getting like down on like, Oh God, like I have to like pitching this thing. What am I doing? Like, I just, I'm trying to like sell people on this movie that like, oh, they, they hear a thousand of these and who uses shit, you know? It's like, I have to give a shit so much that I could pitch to a hundred people and still love to do it, you know? So it was sort of like a wake up call that like, I, I really need to up my game as far as like commitment to like the project and talking about it and right. being excited about it. Like you have to be really excited about it forever you know and then getting positive feedback like i got from from one of those those executives that's the kind of thing that makes you keep pushing it you know um and keep that enthusiasm that's such a good lesson i'm glad i'm glad you learned that and you shared that because yeah Yeah. that's it's really important to remember that you have to be the the best promoter of your film to begin with yeah, and I have to be willing to do this a million times, <laughs> not, not just not just times. eight or ten times, you know, a million. So, yeah, it's it's really it's good conditioning. Like, and if and if you're sick of your idea after pitching it to eight people, then maybe you 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 should rethink the idea. But like, luckily, I'm not sick of it. I'm finding new ways to describe it that I think are better, you know. And and yeah. that, that's another thing too. Like, I walked out away with a different comparison that I think is more accurate, you know, and I think mm-hmm. I'm comfortable using. And I'm definitely going to ditch the ex machina. I've even like gone to my pitch book and I've taken out the ex machina images <laughs> out of yeah. it just because it's like that maybe isn't the best, the strongest uh, foot to lead forward with. And I think it's probably actually better if I put more stills from my movies in and less mm-hmm. um, of popular movies because then it'll feel more unique and more um, like its own thing. And like people won't know what movies are from, but if they capture the mood of what I'm trying to say with the, with that page or whatever, then I think it'll be fine, you know? So I don't need to rely on famous movies necessarily. Um, Cool. This is going to be the last time we talk about paid pitch, pitch sessions, unless you hear back from one of these people. So is there any, anything else you want to say about them? 
No, I, I have two more that I'm that I'm scheduled to do. Um, I wonder if I'll do more after that. Who knows? But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. I mean, maybe in like a, a couple weeks, like when I have all my feedback in, we can talk about it some more uh, if you want to, or when I have. Like when I actually get feedback from people who've read the script, yeah. um, then we'll talk about it. Or if I get a meeting in LA or something, then we'll talk. Yeah, about I would it. say unless there's like some major development, we should probably just put this uh, topic to bed. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about it like three episodes now. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating. It is fascinating because it, it's a thing out there and it's available to every filmmaker. So I think the thing that I just want to know is like, is it worth it? And like, I guess it depends on what you go in there looking to do. And if you're going in there to like perfect your pitch and get better at it and just see if anything sticks, like you got what you wanted out of it. And that's awesome. Right. And, and it's awesome. It's great that half of the people that heard your pitch so far requested your script. Right. I mean, that's pretty strong. I think that's that really like, for me, it's like, you know, it's probably just worth it just to see how, if, if you think you're great at pitching your idea, this is a way of actually figuring out how great <laughs> right. you are. Because, it's kind of like coverage for pitches. Right. Basically. <laughs> and then, and then the, I think the, the biggest upside of it is like, you could potentially get your script read. I mean, I mm -hmm. think besides potentially getting your script read, I don't know what other benefits there are. Um, but I mean, they talk about people getting signed or whatnot, you know, but, uh, that who knows. Right. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I think at least getting it read, that's pretty cool right there. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. That's really I, cool. What I'm trying to say is I think it's been worth it for me so far, you know. Um, and it was something I was really skeptical about. But, you know, I think it, it, it is real. Whatever, how how much real it is, I don't know or what that means. But it definitely isn't. A, I don't think it's a, it's not a scam. I don't think is what I'm trying to say. That the people on the other end of that Skype call were real people in the industry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, but how like high up the ladder do you think that they are? How much power do you think they have to actually get a movie made? I don't know. I think they're a lot like us, but um, within the system. They're, <laughs> they're like, they're, on, they're on the other end going, wow, if the only thing I get out of this is to like get better at hearing pitches, that'll be great for me. Maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I know a lot of them are assistants. So yeah. there, a lot of them are assistants to managers or assistants to producers. There was a couple of people who are producers. Um, you know, like I think there's three or four of the people I p pitched to were actual producers. Um, but they're all people who like have the ability to pass your script on to their bosses or potentially to have it get make it on their own you know mm -hmm. um or are there potentially i think people who are trying to become managers or agents of their own so they're like right. looking for their first clients you know so to manage on their own time outside of their work so i mean i don't know i mean i think there's a lot of like uh, potential upsides to these people i don't I, but i don't i don't really know yet we'll find out right <laughs> yeah I wonder why they have it uh, be a paid thing. Like, I know that it probably on our side of things helps kind of separate the people that are really serious about it. Like, if you just made it free, they'd probably just get like over and inundated with requests. Right. That the paid thing kind of probably helps, um, you know, it's like supply and demand. It probably helps reduce the, the demand for it. Yeah. But I wonder if on their end, if the money is, isn't, is even interesting to them or if they're just like yeah that's just kind of like a structure to help like separate people i wonder i don't really i wonder the if they even get paid for it yeah i, I wonder I, if they even get paid i wonder if it's more like they're getting paid by hearing the pitches you know right because they're all looking for gold they're all looking for gold mines right that they want to you know like they want to be the heroes to find like the next whiplash or the next uh you know whatever next machina ex machina or or primer or whatever like the next like thing that's gonna come out of nowhere the next blair witch project something that's gonna blow everything away mm -hmm. you know so i think they're all that's what they're looking for so I, I now i wonder if the money even goes to the executives i wonder if it just goes to um you know the people who are or orchestrating the whole thing because there's definitely a yeah. lot of employees for this like you know coordinators and you know some of the people called me directly through the the skypes of the companies but then some, it was like the person was sitting in an office with a, uh, an executive and they're oh, like, okay. hey, Ulrich, I'm Shelly from blah, blah, blah. Uh, right. I, I'm here with blah, blah, blah. And uh, you have 
have eight minutes total at one minute mark. I'm going to interrupt you and say you have one minute left and then uh, here you go, you know. Okay. And uh, yeah, so like that, that, but that was only probably like four or five, four of them, I guess, probably half were like that. And then the rest were just like direct calls from people. Interesting. Um, That's cool. Uh, We have more to talk about um, on our outline, but I wonder if we should just stop here and save that for another episode. Yeah, I guess uh, might as well. It's it's interesting. I want to talk about it, but um, but yeah, sneak I don't know. preview. We want to talk about like breaking down the numbers on distribution even further than we have because we've now heard stories from uh, distributor with uh, what's his name, Kyle Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucas Kitchen. Luke, sorry, Lucas Kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was so fantastic. Lucas, Lucas Kitchen is the episode that came out before this one, and he gave us a bunch of information about kind of how a uh, distributor works. I've been talking to some people on Twitter uh, and private DMs about what they're getting on Amazon Prime. Um, I have a fairly good sense for Netflix, even though I haven't got an actual number from anyone. Everyone seems to be kind of in the dark with it, but I have kind of an idea about what Netflix pays. So if we break down like how to get your money back off of a $100,000 movie based off of all these platforms, I have some numbers that I want to go through and just talk about like, how did we feel like things went with Lucas and are we discouraged or encouraged and all that stuff? Right. Yeah. I was just looking at your numbers. Really, very interesting. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. get to that next week and we can, we'll probably have to pair it up with another topic. Cause I don't know if we'll be able to fill an hour with it. So when is this episode airing? The one that we're doing right now? This is, Oh yeah. Shit. This is going to be the last of the year. Really? So there won't be another one before the new year. When, when is the new year on a Monday or something? Or when is the new year? New year's on a weekend. On a weekend. Yeah, okay, so, so I'm pulling up the calendar right now. Um, this episode, hold on, my computer is giving me the spinning wheel. Okay, so this goes live the day after Christmas, December 26th. Merry Christmas, everyone. And wow, then Merry Christmas. Well, the next episode will be our New Year's episode. It'll be January 2nd that it comes out. So we'll have to, we should, we might have to do an episode in between. Right, yeah, one that's just the new the New Year's a uh, uh, year in reflection kind of thing, and yeah, then, and we'll talk about the other stuff later. Yeah, I think yeah. so. All right, cool. A year well, reflection. Do you have anything to share? Um, I just started playing The Last Guardian. Oh, cool. Do you know that game? I do. I I think I decided I'm not going to play it, but I'm curious to, to know what you think of it. Well, I am a huge fan of the other two games that they made. Oh, Eco, cool! And I can't, I can't remember what the other one's called. Shadow of Colossus or Shadow? Thank of you, the Shadow Colossus. of Colossus. Like I love those kind of games. I know they're not like the typical uh, video games. They're more artsy and quiet and just very subtle puzzle games. So I'm really enjoying it. I love the tone of it. I love the look of it the animation is so amazing but i also know at the same time it's not a game that's for everyone well i mean we were really curious about it like because i never played the other two and you can't really get them on ps4 so it sort of sucks like there's not really a way for me to play the old games um which sucks because i wanted to like play them before playing this new one and then you know we kind of like watched a review and we just sort of thought it maybe it was a little bit too slow for us and that we would, would put us to sleep maybe um, yeah, so I kind of, you know, wasn't sure. But after you play it, I'd, I'd love to know what you think. Because we do love puzzle games. And we played that game, The Witness. I don't know if you ever played that. But it's like, no. um, it's one of the hardest puzzle games I ever played in my life. Because, like, basically it gives you no clues. Like, you just have to figure it out on your own. Um, and there are clues, but they don't they don't ever indicate the clues. You have to just find them within the world. So it can be really challenging sometimes to figure out the puzzles. And we got to the very end, like the very last level, and then we stopped because it got too hard, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, the puzzles in this game are more like Tomb Raider, where okay. you're like in a room and you can't get out, and you have to figure out how to like open gates and use the monster that's following you to like get into higher places. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, well, so it's- it sounds like I would like it, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, we're, we're playing Dishonored 2 right now. That's uh, our game. Um, and so far, it's, it's super, super fun. Did you ever play Dishonored, the first one? No. Yeah. 
I hadn't either, and but my my wife had played it four times through <laughs> that, oh my on on PS3. She just loved that game, and so um, I uh, we picked up the the PS4 version of Dishonored and played that through a couple weeks ago, and then got Dishonored two this weekend and just started it. So it's a uh, it's fun. They're fun games. It's like steampunk, like kind of set in like mm-hmm. a 1600, 1700s sort of world, but then it's like got magic and, you know, some futuristic st- kind of stuff too. And it's, it's pretty fun, you know, so check out Dishonored and Dishonored We're going to start calling this corner the, the video game corner. I know. That's all we talk about, right? I mean, I also <laughs> saw some really cool movies too. Um, uh, Harlem Nights. Awesome. You know, uh, have you ever seen that with no. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy wrote and directed that movie. Oh, wow. And it's really good, especially considering he wrote and directed. I was like, really? Wow. And then we tried watching another Harlem movie called Hoodlum, and it was god awful terrible. We had to turn it off. And, and it had Tim Roth in it and, and, and Lawrence Fishburne. And you're like, oh my god. And this movie was just, you couldn't watch it. But then Harlem Nights, written and directed by Eddie Murphy, is like, awesome. <laughs> But yeah, anyways. are you planning to see Moonlight? I do. I, I want to see it. I mean, I've met Barry Jenkins before, um, like in his DP. I worked with him on the first movie I ever worked on. His DP who shot Moonlight was our DP. So oh, wow. I'm kind of loosely connected to them. I mean, I've, I've only met Barry like once or twice. And, you know, I haven't seen James Laxton in, in a million years and he's off making direct DPing big ass movies. Um, but yeah, I would definitely want to see it. And I mean, I just saw that he got no- a bunch of nominations for Golden Globes uh, over the weekend. So yeah, congratulations. It's like definitely one of those Oscar season movies where it's super heartbreaking to watch, but it's really beautifully done, and it's an interesting story. It's like a very different story. Yeah, so you saw it, obviously, and you liked I it. I saw it. I liked it, yeah. It's like it's hard for me to recommend it, because it's definitely not going to be a movie for everyone, and it's not the movie I even thought it was going to be, but I did really enjoy it, and I think it's it's worth seeing. If you have any interest in it, and you just kind of like heard stuff about it, and you're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool, Like, just go see it. Yeah, I, I need to see it. I don't know if Beth's going to go see it with me because she doesn't like sad movies, and I know it's going to be sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, it's sad. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, I definitely have to go see it because, you know, and, and another thing I actually I didn't know this, but this absolutely makes sense, is that um, a big uh, grip and electric company from the Bay Area, um, another guy that I don't know very well, but I met once, uh, was the gaffer on it. And so tons of Bay Area crew were involved with this movie. That's great. And, uh, you know, it's so it's sort of like a big deal for the Bay Area because I was talking to somebody. Who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody and they were saying that, like, yeah, it sort of might put the Bay Area on the map. Like, if he wins Best Picture or Best Director at the Academy Award or if they win Best uh, Cinematography, it could really, like, up the game in the Bay. So, it's kind of, uh, you know, a cool thing. I know it wasn't shot here. But um, shot in Georgia, right? Yeah, but I mean, I know that like that Bay Area connection could could mean good things for us, and especially that Grip and Electric company. So you know, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know anything else to share. Anything else to talk about? Any other last words? No, I think that's good. Take us out. Cool. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, you can check out our website at makingmoviesishard.com where you can find out, find the links to the things that we talked about on this episode. You can find probably the coverage to my pitches or at least one of them and uh, some other stuff. And then um, maybe, I don't know what we'll put on there, but whatever makes sense, I guess. Um, and then if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. And please, if you like the show, tell a friend, help us get the word out, and you can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you really, really like it. And then I had a couple other shout-outs. Um, Taylor Boatwright, who I think is at Captain Blue, I think is uh, his, his handle. Uh, he sent us an email over the weekend about um, him trying to find a partner to help, uh, you know, help write with. And like, cause he wasn't really writing on his own. He wasn't really, or he was, but it was getting down. He was getting down about it or something. So he found somebody. And I guess in order to, before they met, they read the alternate script that's posted on my website. And then through reading that, they gave notes and they gave their thoughts and then that that's kind of how they connected as writers and now they started to work together and like are becoming like writing pals um 
so Look I thought that you, was bringing cool. people together. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, well, I didn't know that it was worthy enough to read. I thought you'd maybe you'd want to start reading with like Terminator script or something <laughs> like of merit. But, uh, I guess it sort of makes sense if you're just starting out, like to, to read somebody who's also, um, just starting out too and like kind of starting reading stuff that's going to look more like the stuff that you're going to write and, and not like a legendary script, maybe. Right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then he gave me feedback on it too because I asked for it, and so it was it was good. It was nice. Yeah, um, that was such a great email to get. It was really inspirational. So yeah. awesome. Good job, Taylor, and and just making stuff happen. Yeah, finding totally. Somebody to work with, and his Twitter handle is at Captain Blue, but it, Captain is C P T N. Yeah, B L U E. It, it sounds like he's in the exact same position we both were before we made uh, Strange Thing and then before you made Spirit Machine. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he, he's he got, you know, I don't know who, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from where he is now. Like what, what, what movie he makes for his first short, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody and have a merry, merry Christmas and or happy Hanukkah or whatever. Happy holidays, all those things. And uh, we'll see you guys in the new year. Yeah, talk to you in 2017.